So I'm curious, did the main villain remind you of anybody? Hmm, Rico. Did he remind me of anybody? Yeah, Armand Asante is the actor. Uh, other than his brother in the movie Stallone, no. Oh, I've heard him referred to as the poor man's Al Pacino. Ah, okay. Of the, like, the yeah, I can see that. Could you imagine if Pacino was in this? Oh, my God. Yeah, I would have been found guilty of enjoying this movie a lot more. <laughs> Welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper. I'm Nolan. And today we are discussing the mid-90s Sylvester Stallone comic book misfire, Judge Dredd. <laughs> Another police movie for our friend Stallone here. Oh, I guess he's technically a policeman, right? It doesn't really seem like it. Plus, like they have those other guys who are like just wearing armor, but they're not judges. Who the fuck are those guys? I kind of like they were police. They're kind of like the military, I guess. They do enforce shit for them. But yeah. uh, we're gonna find out that you are all of the roles here when you are a judge, judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> Don't they say that? Yeah, <laughs> they absolutely do several times. Um, we did Cobra. For Stallone, right? He had yeah. a lot bigger role in writing Cobra, I think. He wrote the whole thing, yeah, I'm pretty right? sure, yeah. But it's funny because his role in this feels pretty similar just in a like post-apocalyptic <laughs> landscape to his role in Cobra. His role in this feels very similar to a few things, and we're going to probably get into all that a little bit later. But first, as we always do, we like to pair the movie up with a beer and uh, today, I mean, you can't get a much better connection than this. What are we drinking today? <laughs> I mean, the name of this beer is perfect. It is The Judge. That's it. He's The yeah. Judge. You cannot uh, <laughs> dispute that this is a, an incredible connection to Judge Red. Um, so we're drinking The Judge. This is from 555 Brewing Company. I have never had any of their beers. You got to visit them, though. Yeah, I was there uh, back in June of this year. A friend had a uh, wedding party close by. And, uh, yeah, it's a nice place, small, but they have a big patio, and they do amazing pizzas. Oh, sounds good. I went to their website, and on there it has, like, an extensive, amazing-sounding pizza and food list. This is in Picton, uh, which is in Prince Edward County, Ontario. Yeah, around Kingston, for those of you who are not familiar with Ontario geography. Seems like there's a pretty awesome uh, sort of brew culture going on in Prince Edward County. We had uh, that sort of small ice cream beer from Prince Eddie's. That was a while ago for our Ice Cream Man episode. Yeah, a little bonus one in the summer of last year. Yeah, so maybe if you're looking for a little craft brewery tour in Ontario, head out to Prince Edward County. It sounds like there's a lot of really cool stuff here. I'm not sure why they're called 5555. Okay, so I'm not... That's one too many fives. Yeah, five, five, five. <laughs> I'm not sure why they're called 555. Five. I think this is in juxtaposition to 666. I don't know. I've heard the brewery... All, I'm not even sure if they're called 555. Five, five. I've heard it referred to as the fives. Ah, okay. I don't know if that's like a, like a, like a local uh, term well, of affection, but I don't know. 555 is the angel number. Oh. Uh, in opposition Jesus to Christ. the... How do you know this? The, I didn't know this. The, the number of the devil, the 666. We right? all know so, the mark of the beast, yeah, the 666. Yeah, but, okay. but this is the angel number, and it and it sort of relates to change in the future. So I don't know if that was an inspiration for them or not. Judge Dredd, you mean? Like like 55, five, <laughs> this is Stallone and Armando Sante is the 666? Yes, I think so. Change in the future. <laughs> so we've connected it here. Um, these are the two clone judges who are moving forward. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> they're, they're clones? <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that. They oh were created God. in a lab. They weren't real No, humans. I thought the guys, they were, this just blew my mind. I had no idea. I must have missed that key detail. <laughs> I thought that they were going to make clones from them. No, they are clones. That's what Holy Project shit. Genus was. <laughs> what an amazing revelation early in the episode here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can tell you what I'm happy about right now. Hellas Lager. I actually think it's really cool. On their label, uh, they have a little like grain symbol, and they tell you what kind of grains they're using, and they have a hop symbol. They tell you their hops. They even tell you the yeast that they're using for this, and it is all right along the very traditional German-style ingredients. So I think this is going to be a really clean, really easy-to-drink German-style lager, and yes, that's right up your alley. How nice is it that this is not an IPA? Oh, man, I wish I got to try an IPA from 555. You know, that's how I kind of judge my craft breweries, but I'm excited to drink this, too. When I was there, they had, like, four or five pale ales. I'm sure they Ooh, probably had one or two IPAs, but they seemed like they were leaning more pale ale-heavy, um, and they were all delicious. Like, I tried them all, and they, like, some of the good range of hoppiness among the pale ales, so definitely some stuff there you would like. I would encourage anyone to check out uh, the fives if you're in the Picton area. But why don't we crack this open and get started here? Let's do it. All right, give me a 
So we begin with some credits that show covers from the Judge Dredd comic books before one of those books opens and we get a pretty low budget page turning effect. But you know what wasn't low budget? The James Earl Jones voiceover we get telling us that in the third millennium, the world changed. Climate, nations, all were in upheaval. The earth transformed into a poisonous scorched desert known as the Cursed Earth. Millions of people crowded into a few megacities where roving bands of street savages created violence the justice system could not control. Law as we know it collapsed. From the decay rose a new order, a society ruled by a new elite force, a force with the power to dispense both justice and punishment. They were the police, jury and executioner all in one, they were the judges. It's actually fucking James Earl Jones. Did you love that? I was I was curious when it popped up here. I in in my mind I was like, yeah, Cooper's snorting out for this. He enjoys this. I was like, why is Darth Vader narrating this shitty Stallone <laughs> movie? Yeah, uh, no, it was good. I I put his uh, voiceover right up there with the Sean Connery Highlander one. Yeah, I thought and you'd way way that. way above the fucking Lori Petty Tank Girl one. Oh, how dare you, <laughs> poor Lori Petty. So we are back again. I like that you brought. Tank Bankroll back up. Here we are, another movie that is coming from a comic. Yeah, kind of. I, I'm pretty sure those pages turning were supposed to be like us entering the world of the comic book. Yeah. Felt a little heavy-handed to me. I don't know. I kind of liked it. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> we're doing it all over again. It pulled uh, me in. Well, we see the world of the comic book in our next scene after some prisoners are returning to regular society after time served. One of them gets told where he'll be living by a snickering judge, then steps out into the world of the future to reveal its full mid-90s CG splendor. And I almost forgot to mention, but that citizen inexplicably is Rob Schneider. <laughs> Did you know he was in this? <laughs> Not until his name came on yeah. the screen. I thought it was kind of funny. I... We're going to talk about and debate this. Uh, at this point, he's not hurting it for me. Uh, at this point. At this point. At this yeah. point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it may go a little long. Uh, at the same time as they're sort of revealing New York City is where... Did you mention that already? I did not, but yeah, that's so correct. They are in New York. They're, they're in New York City. We've got the Statue of Liberty in the middle of this weird post-apocalyptic high-rise. They do mention that it got moved. They moved it, yeah. yeah. So I was confused why it was there. I didn't know if maybe they had like, built around the island or not. Um, but so we've got this post-apocalyptic future. We get some incredible music here, though. Very orchestral. We got Alan Silvestri doing the, like, full soundtrack, and I am excited about that. He of the Back to the Future movies, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, very, very infamous, like, composer. Infamous? For well, oh, sorry. Very, very famous composer. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, what the fuck did Alan Silvestri do? Oh, he's uh, touched some people. Noted. <laughs> no, <laughs> noted philanderer Alan Silvestri. Uh, <laughs> we apologize to the estate of Alan Silvestri. If he's dead. Yeah, he's I don't know. Dead, no, he no. could still be alive. Oh, God. But tremendous, uh, tremendous, tremendous uh, music maker for movies. Yeah. So he, that's bringing a lot of, like grandness to this sort of intro to the the new york city skyline they try and make it grand too like i mentioned the mid-90s cg like it's it's not terrible and as i understand it they they sort of like they built a lot of sets and sort of cg'd kind of around the sets so it it, it like it doesn't look real but they're doing a good job of conveying the scope of it i feel yeah in it did feel for going back to something that was made in the 90s and comparing it to more recent like attempts to build this kind of city it felt on par in a way with many of those other movies we've watched that have created the future it felt like something that was believable and could be created and maybe that's because they built those real sets yeah maybe um Schneider quickly finds out that the place he's living, Heavenly Haven it's called, is anything but. These prisoners, or I guess I should say former prisoners, are basically being tossed into the slums where there is literally a riot in progress. Rob Schneider offers a refreshing perspective when he steps out of the transport ship and sees this, though. It's better than prison. <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He's been locked away for... I think it was six months, they said, for, uh, I don't know if they mentioned at that time. Hacking. Hacking some kind of... But, uh, I mean, yeah. as we see later, the hacking is kind of just him fucking ripping wires out of stuff and, like, jamming them together. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, not, it's not hacking in the traditional sense. It seemed like he knew how electrical currents worked, and he yeah. rerouted those currents. Hot wiring might be a better name yeah. for the crime he's committed. Now, he says it's better than prison, but he might be whistling a different tune when he enters his new apartment to find five guys with guns there. They are apparently squatters who have taken this place over for a tactical advantage. They're high above the riot and can theoretically shoot down at whoever they want. 
Now, I say theoretically because what these guys don't know is that the guns they have are wildly ineffective from that distance. But there is one guy who knows that, and his name is Judge fucking Dredd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we have two judges, two of our sort of police officers show up here, um, and they pull into the street and immediately start getting fired upon by these sort of punks up in the apartment buildings. They call for backup, and our backup, with quite the entrance, is Stallone as Judge Dredd. Oh, my God, yeah. These two other judges are pinned down trying to figure out a plan of attack. Stallone just rolls up on his motorcycle, stands in the middle of this war zone in a Superman pose, and basically tells everyone to cut the shit, which is ridiculous. And what's even more ridiculous is they do. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Everyone apparently knows who he is. Everyone knows the reputation of our Judge Dredd. The crowd outside kind of disperses, right? They start going away. Oh, right away. Yeah, Yeah, they're gone. Um, And he tells those people up in the apartment to put down their weapons uh, because if not, he will judge them. Oh, yeah, they're not going to do it, though. That main guy in Schneider's apartment is pissed off. But this is where we get our long-range firing lesson. We also get a lesson in action movie star machismo when Stallone spots the other two judges. What are you doing down there, Judge Hershey? Waiting for backup. It's here. That dramatic pause fucking killed me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we can definitely make fun of Stallone's acting um, quite a bit. And we will. And we will. An absolute ton. But his timing and some of the one-liners he delivers in this... They are fantastic. Oh, do you think so? I kind of thought the one-liners in this were underwhelming. Oh, I thought they were pretty good, and I thought he delivered them in a decent way. Um, Compared to some of the other stuff we've seen or thought about lately, I thought that this one holds up for me. Would you say this is the best one-liner? Uh, I think I might. I think this is the one that's the most. This is the one that is the best one. There's one or two later in the movie that are decent. Uh, We we'll talk about them when we get there. I think. Okay. Well, to absolutely no one's surprise, Stallone just wipes these guys out. But to my surprise, he has a gun that can do tricks when he talks to it. (laughs) This is future weaponry here, right? He gets to tell the gun what kind of ammunition he's going to use, and it's all somehow in there. Well, like trick shots too. He's like double. Yeah, he touch or double something. whammy. Yeah, yeah double whammy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yells double whammy, and then it shoots two bullets in out. two different directions yeah. somehow. Even though there's like a single barrel, I don't know. It fucking did it. I don't know. This is weird. So these guys are all dead, which only leaves Rob Schneider, except he doesn't appear to be anywhere in the apartment. Now, the judge sniffs him out immediately, though. Turns out during all that shooting, he hacked into a service droid and hit himself in it, try to escape. Unfortunately for Rob Schneider, that kind of hacking is exactly what he got sent to jail for in the first place, like we said. So now he has violated his parole less than 24 hours after getting out. Case closed, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, did you notice what branding was all over that service droid? Was it Pepsi? No. It was, was it Coca-Cola? <laughs> no, it was a Coors Original droid. Is that the thing selling beers in the hallway? I don't know. It had Coors Original uh, marketing spinning around okay. on top of this droid. It kept promoting recycled food. I'm not quite sure what that meant. Oh, God. Like yeah, a human said, centipede scenario? He, well, it said safe to eat. <laughs> so, uh, <all> right. <laughs> I'm not sure. So that's what it was advertising, this weird droid. Um, but he hacks in. He gets caught again. What we're learning here is that Stallone's character, Dredd, has no leeway. There's no Oh, he's not flexible at all. No, yeah. No. So despite Rob Schneider being in an awkward place, not really being a part of these crimes, just hiding himself to protect and stay alive, he gets sent to jail again for five years. There was a line here in this section that relates to what was happening. Um, when he killed all of the guys, when they're all on the ground, he does drop a courts adjourned, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Oh, I didn't catch yeah. that. Yeah, it was pretty right. good. So Rob Schneider's going back to jail for five years, and Judge Red has just fucking killed a whole bunch of citizens. How's this going to go over? Well, as we find out in our next scene, which gives us some world-building bureaucracy, uh, it's not going over well. Uh, we spent some time with the judge's council. These are kind of the higher-ups of this organization who let us know that crime is out of control and life in the city is worse than ever. Now, one of those council members, played by famous German actor Jürgen Prochnow, thinks he has the solution. Expand execution punishment to include lesser crimes. You think it's a uh, coincidence I got a German actor for this part? Or? Oh, God. Huh? Damn. No good? <laughs> oh, wow. I think that's a coincidence. I think uh, he's just trying to solve the problems of this post-apocalyptic city. 
It is a coincidence, though, that we are drinking a German Pilsner. That's true. Oh, my yeah. God. We've connected this to one of our villains again. We always fucking do this. We've got so many beers like that relate more to the villain than the hero. Oh no, it's God. called The Judge. It's about Stallone. Um, the leader of this council shoots it down. He says he still believes in freedom, which is nice. But as we quickly see in a news report, public perception of the council and the judges themselves is not positive. And this is especially true of Judge Dredd. They basically paint him out to be a murder-hungry psychopath using his position of authority to kill indiscriminately. But luckily, the council leader has the perfect solution for all this. Have Judge Dredd teach ethics at the police academy. You know, I guess those who can't do, right? <laughs> yeah, he can't determine those ethics, so he's going to go teach them. Uh, uh, yeah, I was wondering whether he, the leader was hoping that Dredd would get a little bit more from this. Um, they do transition to him at the academy, but there's no ethics being taught here. He's like showing them the cool equipment and shooting shit. Like he's not at all talking about the ethics of the role. Yeah, I don't know what they thought was going to happen there. And we don't spend a lot of time on it either. It makes it seem like this is going to be some big like character thing where he's going to like learn something about something. But we get one scene and then he's out. Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to show us that Judge is kind of always in the good books of the leader of the council. He mentions like he was his protege and like, yeah. So I think what they're really trying to show us is that to that guy, Dredd can do no wrong, right? And and maybe that's what they're showing us, that he's not willing to like punish Dredd for these things. Well, I'll tell you who can do wrong. Uh, it's our big bad, Armand Asante, playing the role of disgraced former judge named Rico. We meet him in a prison scene now and learn a couple of things. First, that he's got a lot of philosophical thoughts about the system and its perceived hypocrisies, and that he's also got a mysterious benefactor, one with enough influence to have gifts delivered to Rico by the warden. Now, it seems that the warden is exactly a fan of this setup, but if he was unhappy about it before, it's about to get a lot worse. Yeah, so this... Rico Prisoner, we're sort of just getting a bit of his backstory. He's in sort of a wing on his own. There is a separate door that locks him in. There's a pit around a thing that he's being held on, and there's a whole bunch of guns trained on him. It's feeling very, like, I'm getting vibes of almost Silence of the Lambsy here, that you've got someone, like, super dangerous being kept aside. We learn that he was an ex-judge who's kind of gone rogue and being hidden here. Well, it sounds like he was basically acting out the kind of uh, ultra-violence that Jürgen Prock now wants, which is not a coincidence, as we find out later. He was just fucking murdering people, so they had to lock him away. And, like, cover up everything he did, lest the judges be torn down as an institution. Yeah, he was just indiscriminately killing everyone because he thought that they were going to commit crimes. And, like you said, the judges had to hide all of this, otherwise it could have torn down that whole system of governance and... It's starting to crumble now, and it seems like someone's got a plan to have Rico come back and help out. What happens here as the warden brings this special gift? Well, this is what I was getting at earlier. The special gift turns out to be a gun that Rico uses to shoot the warden through the throat so he can't voice activate the machine guns. They go on automatic mode and just fucking blow the warden away. So Rico is basically in the wind now. He also got a photo uh, in there that I guess is something he's supposed to assassinate as we see later. It's part of our bigger plan. Yeah, I was a little confused here. I wasn't sure if whether that was his benefactor or it was someone he needed to take Same. out. Same, yeah. Um, like, so they, they leave it a little bit vague here because the person on the picture was the journalist who was sort of stirring up all the trouble against Judge Dredd. So I wondered if maybe this guy was trying to get Rico out to cause havoc, but... In reality, he was bringing Rico out to throw down a hit, and we're going to get a bit more of that soon. Definitely, but that comes after a couple of intense performances from Stallone. One that you mentioned at the Academy where he lectures the cadets on life as a judge, and then another in what I think is a locker room where he tries to convince uh, the romantic lead in this, who, by the way, is played by Diane Lane, that he's actually a good actor. You think he pulled it <laughs> off or what? <laughs> I'm on the fence here. Most of the uh, action... Scenes that he's in are quite credible and decent, but the dramatic sections... Yeah, most? Yeah, the dramatic sections yeah. are not so good. Oh, no, that's... I'm not trying to argue for the dramatic sections. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to argue down the action part. How did you feel about Diane Lane as the... Oh, uh, always happy to see Diane Lane. We saw her in Streets of Fire yes. way back in our second season, and Ooh, it's, she's yeah. always a pleasant person to show up on the screen. Ooh, I forgot she was in Streets of Fire. She was Young. great in that. Yeah, yeah. she was. Yeah. Yeah, she was pretty good in this, too. It's funny, I don't, like, having seen it before, I didn't remember her, or she didn't sort of have a big impact on me, but she does a decent job in this. Oh, my God, for sure. I will say, the acting here, it's probably the most or second most acting he tries to do in the movie, 
And maybe it's because he's so kind of like wooden the rest of the time in his judge role. It does kind of jump out a little bit. Like he turns around, he's got this big intense face. Also, I don't know if they're making his eyes like more blue. I've never seen Stallone's eyes be this blue. I don't even have blue eyes in real life, but he fucking like they're popping and he's doing some stuff and it's kind of working almost. I actually wrote down the eyes too. Um, he doesn't have blue eyes in real life. He doesn't. Okay, I didn't think so. So yeah. he has brown eyes. I went and looked up pictures of him. I paused it to because they are so intense here. Yeah. Um, and I wondered why they had done this, but I think it was to demonstrate that he was genetically created. If you look at Rico, <laughs> if you I, look at Rico, I this whole subplot. If you look at Rico, Rico has the same eyes. So they've also, yeah, they've oh. also put the same like really bright blue eyes on the other character too. Okay, and I think they're trying to through that makeup choice like communicate that stuff to you. Okay. Um, well, while Judge Dredd is busy trying to simultaneously keep Diane Lane at a distance and deliver emotional bits of backstory, we see Rico successfully escape jail by posing as a dead body before killing like an orderly or something, and then retrieving his old judge gun from a pawn shop, which he immediately uses to kill the pawn shop owner. But we also get a bit of insight into the way the judge's weaponry works in this exchange. Hey, wait a second. Don't touch it. What is that? What is the lawgiver? That's programmed to only recognize a judge's hand. You touch that, it'll take your arm off. Gee, how do you like that? I must be a judge. Pretty standard action movie villain stuff here, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely very um, paint-by-numbers action movie material. Uh, he takes out that pawn shop owner who had all of Rico's old stuff for him. Uh, you also find this big robot yeah it kind of reminds me of old terminator-esque robots bigger though it's bigger than those very large yeah Yeah, like this very large menacing military robot that rico knows how to turn back on and get to follow his instructions yeah it's not connected to kind of the central mainframe which is a key thing that comes up later uh so armed with his voice command gun and his giant robot bodyguard rico sets off on his mission which we get a sense of in the next scene this is where we find out the picture packed in with the gun he used to kill the warden was this reporter who is highly critical of the judges This reporter is at home going over his next commentary when the door bursts open and a guy walks in looking a lot like Dredd to blow the reporter away. But that can't be the real Dredd, right? He's on the streets blowing up cars, minding his own business. (laughs) I like that you brought up some explosions here because... uh... It's a problem for me, and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> well, hang on. He shoots a grenade at the car. You get mad when people shoot a car with, like, a couple of bullets and it blows up. He says grenade, and his fucking voice gun shoots a grenade at it. A grenade could blow up a car. That makes sense, but there are so many things that explode in this movie. Basically, every chase scene has everything explode, <laughs> other than the vehicle that our hero's on. And, yeah. And it's a lot. It kind of feels Star Wars-y to me, actually, in inspiration, in the way that a lot of the chase scene oh, happens later we, in here. Yeah. And we're, we, we're going to talk about that the one thing i missed saying about his dramatic pose that i want to go back to is this is the second or third time we get him dropping the superman it well yes but also get the i am the law i am the law i am the law i am the law <laughs> michael tucker is my boy <laughs> there's a reminder me of just yeah <laughs> we might need to actually put it on our soundboard <laughs> I am the law. so he drops so many of those in here um and he loves it. Like, you can tell he's all in on calling himself the law. Yeah. I looked it up after this scene because I was curious. He's been in 12 police-related movies. Is that all? I would have guessed more. I know, but that's yeah. still a ton. He loves this shit. Yeah. Stallone is eating this up. <laughs> he sure is. And he's going to have a chance to flex his uh, muscles a little bit here in a second because apparently one-third of the way through this movie, we shift to a courtroom drama as Judge Dredd must stand trial for the crime of murder. He chooses Diane Lane to represent him because I guess once he opened up to her a tiny bit in that locker room, the gate is just wide open. But despite her best efforts, he is swiftly found guilty. Yeah, she does a good job here of getting a video recording that is like really grainy and doesn't really show who it is. She gets that tossed out rather quickly, but to her surprise, she finds out that those guns, whenever they're shot, those special, like, talk into them guns, also take a piece of your DNA every time you fire and put it on the bullet. Yeah. So they were very quickly able to connect our Judge Dread DNA to the bullets that take down that journalist. So 
He's guilty. What's going to happen? What is the punishment for a judge murdering an innocent person? Uh, we find out, but first we get his reaction to the verdict. He does not exactly handle this well, at least not at first. He starts shouting out in the courtroom. Stop! The evidence has been falsified. It's impossible. I never broke the law. <laughs> Which, again, again, right? he is the law. Maybe this is not exactly help his case, uh, but his mentor, the head of the judge's council, takes it even worse than Stallone does. He announces his retirement, which apparently means he has to wander the desert as some sort of nomadic law missionary. This was so weird. <laughs> this is all a pretty grand plan by... One of the other main judges. We mentioned him before. It's Jurgen Prock now. There's no yeah, surprise. Of course. The German guy the is German, evil. The Shocker. German judge is evil. So he has made this plan so that he knows the main judge is going to save Dredd's life. The only way to save someone's life is apparently when the main judge retires and heads off into the desert alone, like you said, they get one last wish that will be fulfilled. So his wish is that Dredd is not put to death. So... He saves Dredd's life, but he has to give up his spot as the leader of the judge council, and he heads off, like you said, with a shotgun alone in the desert. And the book of law to bring law to the <laughs> heathens, or I don't know. That are it's left a very out. religious kind of yeah. like missionary overtone. It's weird. They don't talk a ton about it, but basically civilization is in like three or four cities. That's yeah, the cursed earth. Everyone yeah. else is in some desert wasteland. So he's out in that desert wasteland now. He's going to go bring righteousness to the people of that and Dredd is not going to be put to death. So he is going to do what then? It's life in prison for Judge Dredd. But you better believe Diane Lane's going to try to figure out a way to get him out of there. Uh, here's something else you won't have a hard time believing. It turns out Jurgen Prochnow was Rico's secret benefactor, which makes sense because, A, the ultraviolet Rico is exactly the kind of judge this guy wants enforcing his vision of justice, and B, German. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit that German Pilsner all out Come on. my pants. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think the uh, creators of this had a bit of a secret agenda here? Uh, I don't know if it's a secret. I th I don't think them casting a German actor was an accident. This is all I'm saying. Really? I really think. You think in the 90s we're still leading that hard? Yeah, still. Yeah. The Germans are the easiest movie villains in the history of movies. So much of the generation of people now don't have that same sense memory, but... I guess. I mean, I just think, I don't know. I, I just think there's something there. Call me crazy. Uh, we get a nice reunion in our next scene as Stallone boards the prisoner transport and just happens to be seated next to Rob Schneider. Schneider drops some truth bombs on him about how the law sometimes maybe gets things wrong. But before we can see how this will set in with the judge, a couple of prisoners try to knife him for revenge right at the same moment that a group of cannibalistic scavengers called the Angel Gang shoot the transport down for fresh meat and spare parts. But despite both of these extremely life-threatening situations occurring at the exact same time, Judge Dredd and Rob Schneider, of course, survive. Movies! <laughs> I actually quite enjoyed Rob Schneider in this section. <laughs> now I've almost made you smile. <laughs> no, I almost spit a drink out. Jesus. All right, fair enough, man. So I think when he is laying on the look how justice isn't always correct, right? I like this speech he's giving him. Uh is pretty funny, and he makes Stallone sort of, like, eat his own words here. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's not wrong about any of this, and he does kind of talk Stallone around to the truth, but yeah. And I actually thought Stallone did a decent job in, in responding to him. So, like I said, Rob Schneider at this point is not killing me. I'm actually enjoying his inclusion. Uh, I know that they're trying to bring a little bit of levity, I guess, to the section, why you bring in, like... Your goofball com like comedian. He's the comic a relief, guaranteed. Yeah. yeah, and I know that that's pretty formulaic, um, but it's working for me here. But you, like you said, the two of them, of course, survive. Pretty much everyone else on that whole fucking thing dies. There's a couple people who are alive. We do get um, a shot of what our German judge, uh, he is giving instructions for them to find no survivors. So we get some like military-style judge. They're not actually judges, but they look like judges. We kind of described them before. Those, like, soldier... Yeah. they called hunters at one point. I'm not sure. Yeah, they wipe out anyone who was left alive on this prison transport ship, and then we transition to seeing Stallone and Schneider. Although they're alive, they're not in a great position, are they? No. The good news is they survive, but then it's bad news for everyone else in the next few scenes. As you mentioned, Jurgen Prochnow is very disappointed to find out that Dredd's body was not among those in the crash transport, 
Meanwhile, back at home, Diane Lane tries to analyze a picture of Rico and gets her terminal disconnected, metaphorically, at least for now. And then we go to Dredd and Rob Schneider, captured by that gang I mentioned a second ago. Just as he kind of talked Stallone around in the previous scene, it seems like Rob Schneider might have talked his way out of danger, but he doesn't know about the whole cannibal thing. And his reaction when he finds out is actually kind of funny. No, wait. You can't eat me. I've got eczema. I've got warts. I've had gonorrhea. Eat thread. He works out. I like that. That was kind of funny. Yeah, so the Rob Schneider character is saying whatever he needs to to try to survive. When he gets cut down, like you said, he finds out that these religious zealots, the Angel family, I think they're described as, are also cannibals. This family is interesting. The leader I recognize, the actor, I don't... His face... Walking Dead? Ah, yes. He's the old guy on Walking Dead. Yes. Yeah. So that's been other stuff too. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's why I would recognize him from. And then he's got three sons. One is... Like a cyborg. Well, he's like a scientist, right? Doesn't he mention like modifying his boys or whatever? Yeah, his, yeah. yeah, he's had to make changes or modify his boys to help survive out in the waste. So this group, obviously doing whatever they can to survive, pretty malicious, pretty dangerous. Uh, they show Rob Schneider getting cut down, and then we see a scene of them roasting a human. We've got that like imagery yeah. of a human roasting. So at least Rob's safe for now until there's room on the spit for one more. That's true. But of course, you know Judge Dredd's going to get loose and uh, kill them all, which he does. We get a little three for one in this scene. Character development, emotional drama, and backstory as some kind of droid or soldier or something has the judge at gunpoint after he destroys the cannibals when all of a sudden a shadowy figure emerges and saves him. It's his old mentor who just as suddenly gets stabbed through the heart and dies, but not before revealing that Rico is actually Judge Dredd's long-lost brother, which explains the whole DNA bullets thing. And I have to say, they are packing a ton into these few minutes. Yeah, this whole section does pull off a whole lot. We get... Like, well, I don't know if it pulls it off, but they put a lot in it. It's like bang, 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 stuff's happening. That's fair. It's moving quickly. I'm not hating that the story is getting moved along. This is where Judge Dredd learns about the Janus Project. He, His mentor tells him that he and Rico were created in a lab, actually from oh. his DNA. So he was actually their dad, I guess, this the old For justice. lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they used his DNA and other judges' DNA to try to create the right soldier. Turns out that Dredd turned out perfect but his brother had a malfunction when they created him, and instead of being the perfect judge, he became the perfect criminal. I missed the uh, the whole cloning DNA part of that exchange. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, that sailed right past you me. You just lost it as they were going through all this? Yeah. They but, mentioned Janus so many times, I had to figure out what it meant. I was like, I need to know what this project is. Well, they mentioned it later for sure, but right now, Judge Dredd knows what's up, and it's time to find Rico, which won't be hard to do because he's out there just murdering judges like it's his job, which I guess it is, since this is all a big plan to fast-track more genetically engineered test tube judges, ones Jurgen Proc now can essentially program to take no prisoners. Rico also picks up a piece of arm candy here, which kind of seems unnecessary, but to be clear, I am not complaining. <laughs> you enjoy that he's uh, found some arm candy to help him out? Like, we're two-thirds of the way through this movie. I'm like, why are they adding her to this? And I, you find out why later, but at the time, I was like, what an odd choice. I just made a connection to the German judge in engineering the super soldiers. See? Jesus. See? Um, what about the arm candy were you most excited about? <laughs> She's a nice looking lady. Don't put me in the spot like that. Uh, <laughs> so the race is on in our next couple of scenes. Jurgen Prochnow races to convince the council to launch Project Janus, while Judge Dredd and Rob Schneider try to race through an exhaust shaft before they get incinerated by a giant wall of fire. And if I'm being honest, neither thing goes particularly well. I mean, I guess they do get back into the city, so maybe I was being too harsh on Dredd's plan. But Prochnow can't convince the council, so he has Rico murder them all, which they also pin on Dredd. So Stallone and Schneider now have to jump on a hover bike, which launches us into a good old-fashioned chase scene. And I'm curious here, what did you think was more glaringly obvious in the sequence? The green screen they used for the background or Rob Schneider's attempts at comedy? <laughs> Rob Schneider's attempts at comedy. Fuck, he's manic. I'm done. He's I'm, so cranked up so in the sequence. I lose. He loses me at the conversation at the flaming shaft. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so they have this argument about running in and in like getting into the city through here and i'm done it's now gone too far this like uh, straight man and comedy scene is awful and for it to extend into a hovercraft chase that is 
purely done on green screen. God, it's so egregious. Where his comedy is so bad, I am struggling. Like, for the most part in this, I've been okay with the action. Yeah. You've this been section, on Team Schneider up until Yeah, now. this section loses me completely. Mm -hmm. There's also a funny science point in here. When they talk about getting the Janus Project up again, it took a while to grow um, Rico and Dread in their things. It's only eight hours to make judges now, apparently. Well, advances in, in technology, you know. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny. So they start up and start making some judges here while this chase is going on. Yeah, now, of course, Dread and Rob Schneider get away, and they quickly start to formulate a plan. Meanwhile, we see that Rico's plan is going swimmingly as he's taking control of Project Janus and is going to use his own DNA for the crop of new judges. Now, Jurgen Prochnow did not know about that, and he is not okay with it. So Rico has his robot bodyguard rip his arms and legs off, but they don't show it. Boo, whoever directed this. Boo. <laughs> Come on, Danny Cannon. Yeah, that is true. That is a bit of a weak point. I wonder if they did try and it looked so bad that they had to cut that section. But that's what I, at this point, that's what I want. I want just some ridiculous, silly, like, oh, oh these are like a, la great, a laugh out loud effect. Great yeah. for the podcast, bad for viewing experience, possibly. Like, they're trying to do this seriously. They're not trying to make this a bad movie, some beer movie. It's getting a little dark here. Rico is now using his own DNA to make all these clones. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, I know, but now it means we're getting super criminals. We are now getting a whole bunch of super criminal judges, not yeah. the ones that were going to clean up the streets. So we're actually going to be getting anarchy, which is what Rico wants if this all comes to fruition. But luckily for the future of the world, Judge Dredd and Rob Schneider have both survived. Yeah, and now it's time to infiltrate the Janus Lab, which is in the Statue of Liberty for some reason. Uh, and they're going to try and stop Rico. Stallone and Diane Lane are fully prepared to do it without Rob Schneider, but he does a pretty good job of arguing his case. You need me to shut down the Janus system. We're a team. Granted, you do most of the work, but we're still a team. I'll handle it, kid. I bring you luck. Luck. You are still alive, Dren. Hmm. That's kind of fun. I don't know. <laughs> uh, now, I can only assume that the place they're breaking into is literally next door to Dredd's apartment because they managed to get one door away from Rico in like 30 seconds. Yeah, this transitions really, really fast. There's no security getting into this Project Janus. Maybe because it's hidden in the basement of the Statue of Liberty that uh, they assume everything is fine. I don't know. Aren't they in the top of the Statue of Liberty? Because once they start fighting, all of a sudden we're like outside. And they do end up, up there. I don't know if, yeah, maybe they're in the top. They do end up having a battle in the head of the Statue of Liberty. That is true. Either way, this all happens just way too quickly. They're talking about it and they're fucking there. And just as quickly, they're captured by Rico after his robot bodyguard shoots Rob Schneider in the gut and threatens to break Diane Lane's neck. So much for that whole uh, Schneider luck thing, huh? Yeah, this is uh, over rather quickly. There wasn't much of a battle here. We're about to get a ton of exposition and then a whole bunch of shouting. Oh my god, yeah, it's Bond villain monologue time now. As the poor man's Al Pacino reveals his children to dread. They kind of look like the White Walkers from Game of Thrones. But apparently they're going to help Rico take over the world, or what's left of it anyway. And he offers Dredd the chance to rule by his side as not just brothers, but gods. Stallone turns him down, though, because I guess in his mind, even gods aren't above the law. <laughs> no, there's no way. He is the perfect judge specimen. He's been created to be so, and he is not going to go along with his brother, in air quotes. I mean, he is a test tube brother, I guess. So <laughs> he's going to uh, try to shut it down. Um, we're about to get a cat fight and a brother fight. Yeah, so Rico tries to have his robot bodyguard kill Stallone, but Rob Schneider, who is, in his own words, technically still alive, hacks it by pulling out a bunch of wires and, like I mentioned before, jamming them all together. So Rico's going to have to get his own hands dirty here, and this is where I finally realized why he's got that girl with him. It's so Diane Lane has someone to fight while Dredd and Rico are squaring off. Exactly. That's we it. Had That's to the have whole reason equal, she's here. Yeah, exactly. They they inserted her into there because someone needed to fight Diane Lane. Yeah. Which, well, no, Diane Lane needed to fight someone. Yeah. You can't be like, yeah. She can't yes. be standing there yeah. cheering on Dredd in the fucking corner. No, she needed to kick ass too. So we've got two fights going on here. Diane Lane versus Rico's uh, scientist friend. And now we got Dread versus Rico, the big battle, really. Oh, it's the big battle for sure, because Lane absolutely clowns uh, his lady friends. That's not much of anything. But Dread actually seems to have his hands full with Rico, who, in between scoring some big hits on Stallone, tells him, I'm the only one that'll lie to you. I'll be the judge of that. 
But despite his bravado and vaguely clever wordplay, Dredd ends up dangling off the side of the Statue of Liberty, where Rico sentences him to death. And at this point, there's only one thing that's going to stop him from killing Judge Dredd. Bad timing. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a bit of a cliffhanger scene here, right? We've got him hanging off the edge of the Statue of Liberty. Somehow a hole has blown through the skull or face yep. of the statue, and yeah. that's where they're fighting. So he's hanging off. He's about to go down. Um, and his brother is about to end him when he pulls the trigger of the gun. But guess what? He's out of lethal rounds. Oh, my God. Just like, at the, of course, at that exact moment. What a pile of shit. Yeah. Somehow or some way, Stallone is able to grab the gun, reverse it, and fire off a flare round, which distracts Rico. And he yanks Rico off the edge. Well, he bank shots it off, like, the wall or something, doesn't he? Doesn't he, like, clip Rico in the back of the head? No, no, the flare... I swear he bank shot it. I uh. think the flare... Maybe I'm wrong. I thought the flare just blinded him for a moment. Oh, and could he be. he used yeah. that blindness of Rico to yank him off the edge, sending him to what I assume is his inevitable doom. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's flying down there to his death. Uh, his lady friend bites it too. She tries to attack the judge and gets shot in the back by Diane Lane. And after very quickly wrapping things up with a full reinstatement and a uh, vaguely romantic kiss, I guess, Dredd throws on his shoulder pads and helmet and rides off on his motorcycle, headed for a glorious law-filled future. And that's it. We're in the credits. They tied this thing up in like 30 seconds. Yeah, it ended really quickly. You also forgot to add that they offered him the head of the judge council in yeah. that 30 seconds. Yeah, that's full, so, like full yeah, reinstatement they, of promotion. Uh, yeah. They offer him to be the head of the council. He, of course, turns it down because he's a street judge. He is out there. He's not an ethics guy. You need someone else to run that. Why they didn't suggest Diane Lane should take that role, I thought that's maybe where they were going to go. Could have been, or he could have recommended her or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, I thought that's what he might say. He owes her three times now, as she reminds him. She's saved his life three times. I thought maybe he would do that for her. But you know what? I guess all is well again, and we end on like this sort of grand skyscraper view where he rides his... Uh, cycle up to the edge of one of these skyscrapers, and we sort of have a picture of the town and over to the desert as well. Some grand music in the end. All All's good in uh, New York City now. Dread is back. I mean, he's going to have a lot of cleaning up to do, but yeah. I, again, I just, the speed with which they tied this thing up was just like mind-blowing to me. Like, fight over. You can have it. Everything's back, Judge. You're back to normal. Diane Lane kisses him, and we're out. I'm like, what? <laughs> you wanted intercourse, didn't you? <laughs> you were waiting for for at oh, least man. one bone zone in there i think is what you were hoping uh, um I don't, a, I don't know what i want I, I don't think i did because like that I, I don't feel like nearly enough has been invested in their relationship for it to even be romantic i don't even know why she kisses him no there's very little here it's yeah weird well and he doesn't seem to reciprocate in any way he drives away from her which i think no man would do <laughs> oh i see why you're upset at this movie <laughs> <laughs> Diane Lane got left standing with That's some wet why. lips and no one to kiss her back. I understand what's happening here. Something's off, man. Something's off with this is all I know. Is there a sequel? No. Was well, there's there a, a remake, which apparently is actually like, it's like decent. It's like much better than this, allegedly. Carl Urban plays uh, Judge Red. When did they remake it? Uh, mid-2010s or late-2010s. Really? It's just called Dread, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. I don't think it really uh, did much of the box office, but it was a thing. But again, apparently better than this, which, I mean, it would kind of have to be, wouldn't it? And this is based off real comics, so... But we're in the mid-90s. It's, it's that era of, like, yeah. let's take a comic book and we, let's make the Spawn movie. Just do one, yeah. Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, Tank Girl. You know, it's turd after turd is what I'm saying. <laughs> Tank Girl has been proven great in uh, just... Everyone who has responded to us. I don't know. You us. got a lot yeah. of positive feedback. Yeah. And it blows yeah, my mind. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, what we should probably do now is transition to our ratings. Uh, the way we always do this, we have to move in a scale of 1 to 10 twice. 1 to 10 for how bad it is. 1 to 10 for how enjoyable. And the goal is to find movies that are a 10 out of 10 on both scales. Or what we call the Crit 20. And for me, when I think of this movie and consider how bad it is, the first word I think of is formulaic. You kind of mentioned Paint by Numbers earlier. This hits all of the beats of so many other action movies. And I don't know if it was having seen that so many times in the mood I was in when I watched this, but this felt very flat for me. Also, I crazy or is this not very similar to Demolition Man? Like, I haven't watched that in a while, but a lot of stuff in this really reminded me of that. I think Demolition Man is a better movie. But that's what I mean. Like, yeah. th th this comes off inferior to so many other movies that have the same beats for me. And that was, like, ringing in my mind when thinking about how bad it was. 
At times, the plot was also confusing. I'm trying to cram a lot of stuff in there and it kind of muddied the waters a little bit. Like the big beats were very familiar, but some of the subplots and backstory like needed a lot of unpacking and I clearly missed some of it because it was kind of coming fast and furious. Uh, there are some good actors in this movie. Stallone though, he's way, way too wooden. And meanwhile, Armand Asante is dialed up to 11. Like they are basically rocking the two extremes for most of the movie, which I guess kind of fits their characters in a way, but fuck man one brother is bland as fuck they don't got all the charisma like <laughs> i mean you can how many times can you yell i am the law i am the law i don't know green screen terrible there wasn't a ton of cgi but what there was wasn't great it also wasn't super bad i guess uh but some pretty good practical effects here with the bodyguard robot and the cannibal clan and i thought the sets were pretty good too so that'll be enough to keep it under a 10 for me that combined with a couple of decent action pieces i'm only gonna give this an eight bad what about you so it's hilarious because the second thing I have written down here is formulaic. I was on the same pace there. I thought, despite there being good actors, there wasn't a lot of material where they could shine. Right? Diane like, Lane has nothing to do no, with this. No, like yeah. Diane Lane is pretty much nothing, so she doesn't get a lot there. Um, I, I found the green screen problematic, like you said. It's too bad that that happened near the end and not near the start because it really took away from some of that action yeah, sequence it's just stuff so for me. glaring yeah, yeah I, I thought that the comedy went on too long or was overdone I think Rob Schneider should have just eaten it like just died earlier and it would have been better <laughs> right like if that okay, character yeah. just got taken out like he had his role he got to play the irony of like going to jail with him and then was gone I think that would have been better I thought actually the action or fight sequences were kind of inconsequential. Like they didn't have enough mm. to them for how fast this felt like it moved and a lot happened and a lot of the story got moved through. I didn't find them to be memorable. Um, and there was just way too many explosions. <laughs> just in general, I found <laughs> yeah. that the explosions were uh, were there. But the there was some money put into this. Yep, I liked a lot of the set building, like you said. I loved the music and sound. Worked and fit in perfectly. Editing was good. I had this as a seven bad. So, okay, uh, so we're pretty close. You, but, yeah. Yeah. but how enjoyable did you find on a scale of one to ten? Um, so we're going to those things I really liked. The music, the setting. I actually really quite liked the one-liners. I thought See, they I were didn't. pretty good. I didn't really. Yeah. I thought they were fine for me. I thought Stallone pulled those off. I thought they happened at the right time. I thought they were all kind of like comedically judge or law or crime related. Um, I thought the pace was good. Maybe a little fast, if anything. Um, we might like push through stuff. But I like that the movie was over when it was. Um, the storyline of the two like creative brothers was fine. I I had this as an eight enjoyable. I didn't dislike watching it. Wow, okay. We're going to yeah. be a little different here. Uh, you said this went by fast. This, to me, uh, it was only 90 minutes, but it was a long 90 minutes. I don't know if it's because he tried to fit so much in there. But there were parts of this where I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like it's, just, it's dragging. I'm like, how much do I have to remember? Like, it seemed like they were just, you know, dwelling too long on some stuff and kind of rushing through others. It was weird, but like, it felt long for me. Uh, I did not like Stallone's performance. This one very wooden, like I said. And I know they try and justify it by making his character all about the job. Like, clearly he's repressing his emotions. But I feel like a better actor could have shown more. You know what I mean? Well, so I, I understand what you mean. I feel like... I don't I don't know the source material, but I feel like for what they tried to do in here where he was the perfect law person. That's what it is. You're just that's naturally what it is, right? Be, You're okay. just always going to be that. And I felt like he he pulled that off. You kind of complained that Rico was the opposite, but I think there was a lot of intentionality in how they like set those two characters up. I mean, maybe. Um, speaking of character intentionality, uh, I like Rob Schneider, but this character was annoying as fuck. Like, <laughs> he's the comic relief, but he brought yeah. very little comedy here for me. A couple of lines that I already mentioned, but like overall, I'm like, dude, by the end, uh, we finally got shot. I was like, fucking finally. Would you have been fine if he again. died earlier? Yes. Yeah. You would have been on. So if like the angel family ate him and then we went out, oh that would have been God. a good time. Yeah. That could have been, depending on how they did it, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned Diane Lane not having a lot to do here. Uh, as a romantic interest, it did not feel believable to me. Uh, like I said, that kiss at the end kind of comes out of nowhere. There were a couple of action pieces I liked, but a lot of it was kind of bland. Like you said it as like forgettable, and I think that's correct. Uh, that green screen was awful. And I also, in my mind, there weren't any truly great one-liners. So overall, I only had this as a five enjoyable. But if I'm being honest, without Diane Lane, I think I'd be like a three or four on this. Holy shit. Yeah, she got me up to neutral is where we are. <laughs> so half chub. <laughs> that's right yeah exactly no i i don't know man i thought this was like not very fun and yeah. i will almost certainly not watch this again that's interesting um 
I didn't dislike watching it again. It, it maybe again. Oh yeah, you've already seen. Yeah, it like I've there. seen it a few times. This Tank Girl and the Total Recall remake with Colin Farrell is your yeah. fucking apparently action I, movie Holy Trinity. Is that well, what you're I wouldn't call those my Holy Trinity, but apparently I am up for that style of movie. Right? It's just right. that post-apocalyptic, shitty movie, whatever. Yeah, hey, <laughs> they gave me what I needed. Um, of course, having a like nonsensical Diane Lane sex scene at the end would have improved that for all of us. But no, but I would have been mad because it would have been nonsensical. I'd have been like, why is this happening? Would it have increased or decreased your enjoyability? I think honestly decreased because wow. I'd be, I don't want to see Stallone fucking like grunting and what if it was what if it was Rob Schneider? <laughs> oh my God, that'd be a million times worse. Jesus Christ. So overall, I don't know, like, I'm glad that you enjoyed this, seeing it for the fucking like, eighth time or whatever, but I don't know, man, it didn't really do it for me. There's so many better Stallone movies out there. I would rather watch Cobra all day than watch this. That's way more my wheelhouse. Really? Yes. Oh, I think I would rather watch Judge Shredd than Cobra. Oh, no. All yeah. right. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, you're entitled to your opinion, and that's we don't always agree, and that's the way it goes. I think it's the post-apocalyptic science fiction side for me that I enjoy over the is, eh? real yeah. lawmaking, because... For me, I can like let go of reality while watching it in this, where Cobra like should feel real to me, <laughs> and it is such a fucking disaster Does fest. Not right? feel yeah. Real. yeah, I'll tell you, it was not a disaster fest. This beer, oh no, delicious. Fuck, man, I blew through this in no time. This was so tasty. For a Hellas Lager, it wasn't uh, nearly as kind of smoky as they often are. I feel. Yeah, this thing was super, super clean. Like. It yeah, that's felt the best way to like it, yeah. it would have met all of those German purity laws, right? Like German-style beers, they have very, very strict laws in Germany about their styles of beer, and they have to fulfill those kind of things. That's why they always come out so like clear and clean and easy to drink, and that's what this is trying to do, and they do it really well, or the Fives Brewery. So uh, I was, I really, really enjoyed this. If I get to take a trip out that way, I would love to stop off and try some other beers from them. Definitely worth it. I had, I think I tried about, fuck, like nine or ten of their beers, and I really enjoyed most of them. There were a couple of pale ales were a little too hoppy, but everything else was very tasty. And this one I will absolutely drink again for sure. So if you do go there, please pick me up uh, several cans of this because <laughs> really, really enjoyed this. Definitely hit up 555 Brewing. The Fives, if you are ever in the Picton, Ontario area, you will not regret it. Um, Speaking of things you will not regret, if you like ridiculous shit... Who doesn't? You're going to want to join us in two weeks for our next episode because in two weeks we are going to be talking about the Velocipaster. <laughs> oh, fuck. Ooh, this one has been on the docket, I think, since season one. We've had lots of people kind of suggest this as a possible movie. Yeah, when we said we were doing this podcast, we were like, are you going to do the Velocipaster? We're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Apparently, this is a movie about a, uh, like a priest who like becomes a dinosaur or has the powers of a dinosaur and fights crime. I, I I haven't seen it, but I think you're right. It's around that where the priest or pastor gets the powers of a raptor and uh, <laughs> going to use that yeah. for God's glory. I think he fights ninjas. I haven't seen this either, Whoa. but I'm very excited to see this. So it's going to be Oof. thoroughly ridiculous. Uh, we hope you'll join us for that. Before then, if you have not already, please follow us on social media at the BMB Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Feel free to email the BMB Podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. We always love to hear from you. If you have any requests, we still have some space here in our fourth season. We have not mapped the whole thing out yet. Give us a request. We can sneak it in there. Thank you for joining us today for Judge Dredd. We hope you will join us in two weeks for the Velocipaster. Until then, I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep following the law. <laughs> In the future, one man is the law.